Hello guys, Jonathan here from Arcade Repair Tips. We would just like to take a moment and thank you for listening to the audio replay of the live show here on the podcast feed. We'd also like to remind you to join our live show on the first Thursday night of every month at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. It's always a great time and we enjoy interacting with people just like you in our live chat. So be sure to make plans to be there for the next one. Remember also that we have an after show that takes place immediately after the live show. And if you'd like to listen to the audio from that, you will need to check it out on our YouTube page, which can be found at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. So let us continue on with a short word from our sponsor, and then we'll get to the episode. Broadcasting from their world headquarters in Texas, it's the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show. The show that discusses arcade repair, restoration, news, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Tim and Jonathan. Well, hello everyone and welcome to episode 49 of the Arcade Repair Tips live show for March 2021. My name is Jonathan Leung. I'm the producer, director, and editor of the Arcade Repair Tips series. And joining me today, as always, is Mr. Birthday, I mean, Mr. Arcade Repair Tips himself, Tim Peterson. Tim, how you doing? Doing fine, just hanging out in my pinball game. Yeah, I see that. Um, I see, I don't know what pinball game that is. I'm trying to... Def- decide um should we leave it up to the chat room they can guess do you know what it is a lot of parts no, i don't know, you don't know? <laughs> okay well i guess we won't be doing that then but uh, tim i'm super excited to be here for this march episode tim we're one episode away from 50 which sounds like a whole lot to me uh but with that in mind let's just start off by asking you how's it going what's been going on well, as most of our listeners will know, um, I believe it's about 75 degrees outside, something like that today, and it was about 15 degrees this time a week ago, or a little over a week ago, right, John? The apocalypse, uh, blizzard of the century, one once in a hundred year weather storm down here kind of uh, knocked us all down for a little while, but we recuperated, everything finally melted. Yeah, you guys got to remember, Texas is not built for, for under zero temperatures, period. Uh, we we are built to de- deal with the heat, not so much the cold. And so when it got to negative five, Tim, you know, just everything came to a standstill here. And I will say this, you know, we've been selling some DVDs and some of those have been uh, going out in a very untimely fashion, I guess is the word to say, it's been slow. Um, but I think that's because USPS is still trying to catch up with all the demand from the snowstorm, Tim. Yeah. We've been, um, our mail has been running like 8.30 and 9 o'clock at night. It's crazy. Yeah, they're still trying to catch up, like I said. So I feel I feel bad for the poor uh, United States Postal Service people who are out there trying to do their jobs because it's definitely more difficult when you've got a, a backlog of stuff from a snowstorm. So, uh, and like I said, basically we were down for a week, Tim. I mean, uh, if those people who don't realize it, I mean, I didn't go to work for a week. Tim, did you? I missed, um, we, well, you didn't have any power at work for two days. The next day, I couldn't get to work. I worked, uh, that was Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I worked on Friday. So it was a, I worked Friday and Saturday and Sunday. So I did work some that week, but mostly Monday through uh, Thursday, I couldn't couldn't even get out of the neighborhood for a couple, couple days. Yeah, and fortunately, Tim, I think you and me mostly had electricity most of the time, mostly had water most of the time, but we know uh, neighbors and friends who are not as fortunate, correct? Right, we I ended up picking up a couple of friends and taking them to somebody else's house 
because they didn't have any power. Yeah, so I mean, it was it was definitely an ordeal, guys. But we're glad to be past that, Tim, and glad to be here with you tonight for the live show. So, Tim, before we get started, live chat. Let's talk about that real quick. We're hoping we hope that you're joining us live and watching this live with us. And if you are, then you can chime in in the live chat. Leave your comments and questions there. We'll try to address them as the show goes on. And Tim, we've got Encore MPW. He says hello. Looking forward to today's lesson, Tim. I think that makes you our Zoom teacher. <laughs> Is that it? Well, we're getting pretty standard these days. Absolutely. And then we have YouTube Punk here, Tim. He says, happy Thursday. We've got the real hammer, Billy Lee. We've got Danny Ransom. we got Mr. Dwayne 79. Tim, we've got our regular crew of folks here. And hopefully we got a, a couple of new people who will join us here in a little bit. But even if you're watching this after, we're so glad that you're taking your time to view this. We're glad to have you here. And we hope that we can answer some questions. Have a good time and hang out. Right, Tim? Yeah. Absolutely. And Tim, I mentioned it just kind of briefly there, but you did have a birthday to get two days ago. Yeah, and so we'll get to that in a minute because I, I think I got you something, right? Yeah. Oh, look at that. So um, I, I told Tim he could open it when he got it, but he wanted to wait for all of you fine folks here in the live show to do it in front of all y'all. So don't uh -huh. y'all feel special. That's what I would have to say, Tim. They should feel special, right? Yeah, they should. Because uh, Tim doesn't like waiting to open gifts. So, <laughs> very impatient. So, uh, Tim Tim is looking forward to that. We will do that right before your tech tip, Tim. But first, we got some questions to answer and some news to address. So, let's take those first. And, Tim, you know, we talked about this a lot last month, but it's still something that's heavily on our minds. And that was the loss, loss of Louie, uh, one of our uh, Facebook moderators, live chat moderators. Um, it's still... It still kind of hurts, Tim, and uh, we're still thinking about Louis an awful lot. And we do want to remind you guys that uh, we were collecting for a memorial that Tim's going to send to his family. I think we're going to do that here in a week. But if you guys want to donate between now and then, uh, you can do that by going uh, to arcaderepairtips.com slash donate and, and selecting Louis Memorial from the drop down and then um, donating however much you want to donate. But we will be sending that to, to his family because we do want to, you know, we do want to help them and support them during this time. So, um... Tim, again, it was just a big loss for us here at Arcade Repair Tips, and we just want to show Louie's family, you know, that we care about them and that um, we want to help them during this difficult time for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, thank you for everybody who's already donated, and there's still time. If you've been thinking about it or maybe you just meant to, you forgot, um, please try to go ahead and get those donations in so we can get that out to them quickly. Absolutely. And you can do that at arcaderepairtips.com slash donate, guys. So arcaderepairtips.com slash donate. You can leave a note that it, uh, that the donation is for Louis Memorial, or if you select Louis Memorial in the drop-down list, we'll make sure it goes to that. So thank you guys. Everybody who's donated so far, thank you guys for those donations, and uh, we're hoping to give that to Louis' family very soon. Uh, Tim, I had another thing that I just kind of randomly dropped about mid-month, and hopefully we'll get to do it again, but uh, let's talk about it real quick. That is the Interviews Podcast. So I posted episode one, Tim, and uh, this first one was about, um, was actually an interview with Paul Jaray, Tim. For those of you who don't know Paul, Paul is a, an arcade monitor repair technician. He's been asking questions here at Arcade Repair Tips forever and answering questions, Tim, and we want to thank him for that. But now Paul does monitor repair full-time. Did you know that, Tim? I didn't know he was full-time at it. 
Yes, he does. So he does it full time. So we basically took about 45 minutes and had just a nice little chat. I asked him how he got into arcade games, how he got into technician, you know, monitor technician repair stuff, and uh, just kind of got his history. And it was a really fun interview. Uh, Paul's a great guy. And it, guys, if you're looking for somebody to repair your monitors, you should contact him because he really is uh, good with that stuff. And that's at paulsmonitors.com. Or you can email him at pauljuray at gmail.com. But uh, if you haven't given that episode a listen, listen to it. I think you'll like it. And, you know, Tim, I think I'm going to try to do another one this month. And these are just going to be random. So if anybody's watching this, uh, maybe you're in the live chat or um, or maybe you're watching this after the fact. If you're interested in being interviewed for my for this interview's podcast, then you can email me at jonathan at arcaderepairtips.com and we'll get you on. We're looking for anybody who's got arcade-related job or YouTube channel or does something like that. Um, Tim, because, I mean, I think that the stories that people have about um, arcade games are fascinating, don't you? But yeah, you know, one of our favorite things to do when we go to auction or to pinball festival, a lot of times we're just standing around swapping stories and talking about our adventures uh, that we've had and listening to other people. So it's always neat to see uh, other people's how they got in the hobby or maybe even what they do uh, when they're not arcade collecting sometimes is really interesting to me. Absolutely. And so that's what we cover in the interviews podcast. Just interviews with people who may be arcade collectors, arcade repair technicians, arcade operators. Maybe you have an arcade related YouTube channel. If you have something like that, contact me, Jonathan at arcaderepairtips.com. Say you're, you're, uh, you'd love to be interviewed for the podcast and we'll try to get you in. I'm going to try to do one a month, Tim, and we're going to have it drop middle of the month. So it'll be kind of two weeks after the live show. Uh, just to give you guys a little bit of extra content. So, and you can subscribe to our podcast feed on all the major outlets. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. But the podcast feed will have the interviews podcast. It'll have the live show feed. And it also has the question and answer podcast whenever Eric and Rusty uh, do another one. So you kind of get all of that in one feed now. And so hopefully there's some great content there for you guys to digest. So uh, let's see. Yep, Regzer Show is here, Tim. He says, I have to log him in as a contact so I can stop bothering Jonathan. Then um, You don't have to. You can bother me. It's okay. Um, you know, me and Tim, we, we don't mind you bothering us, right, Tim? Right. So, but, but, but we would say that, um, you know, a lot of people do ask us about doing repairs, and we really don't have the time. Since Paul's doing it full time, we do highly recommend him, and uh, he has helped us a lot in the past, so... We do highly recommend him if you're needing your monitor repair. Now, I should say he does not do everything, but he does focus on the main ones. So, G07s, uh, 4600s, 4900s, K7000s, those type of chassis Paul is very, very good with. If he can't fix it or if he's, it's not one he's as familiar with, he'll tell you. When you email him, he'll say, you know, that's not one that I have the test equipment for or whatever and so uh, if you just email him with what you got he can let you know um, whether he can handle it for you or not and Tim the one thing I like and I mentioned this on the interview too is that he shoots a video of every repair after the fact to show what he did which is is super great uh, for learning and so he'll say you know I got this one in for repair from Bruce and these are the things that I did for it and it seems to be working fine he has a video of it working fine and so that way too when he ships it you know that when it went in the box it was working when it when it went out the door. So I think that's very important for people to know as well. Um, Mr. Silverball Mania says, "Hey Tim, uh, the coil on that playfield looks cooked in your backdrop. Um, I can't <laughs> I can't see which coil that is. Which uh, oh is it that one? Oh I see. Okay, the one right there in the middle. Maybe it could be. I don't know. Tim still doesn't know where he got the backdrop from. 
Yeah, I just first one I could find. I thought I did one inside an arcade game, so I thought I'd have to get some pinball love today. There you go. <laughs> Looks like a, a brew fest in Youngstown, Ohio, in April is still on, according to Serval Mania. So, uh, Tim, we got good news here in Texas in that uh, Governor Abbott did lift the restrictions on masks. Now, here's the deal, guys. That just means that individual. Uh, businesses can determine whether or not they want to require a mask or not. But by opening it up, Tim, it does open the possibility for maybe being able to do some some uh, expos and festivals again, right? Right. And that's, that's one thing. And another thing would be like um, restaurants like Chuck E. Cheese and Mr. Gaddy's and stuff, Grand Slam, all going to 100% capacity. So I think that those places are already starting to pick up some business. And, uh, you know, of course, we are, we do want to wash our hands and be safe and maintain as much social distancing as possible. But I, I think that um, it's just time, you know, for, from somebody that has to wear one for 11 or 12 hours a day, I'm ready to take that thing off, to be honest, you know, but I don't want anybody getting sick. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. If it starts getting worse, we can always put them back on. I just hope that uh, we are able to maintain uh, and get through this. Yeah, and Tim, I mean, as for me, I'm probably going to keep mine on at least until I feel until I get the vaccine. That's kind of my thing. Maybe once I get the vaccine, I'll, I'll be a little bit more uh, more confident in that. But, um, you know, still still practice good safety. And if you feel like you still need to wear a mask, wear a mask. You know, nobody's stopping you from wearing a mask, I think, is the, is the, the, the thing. Right, Tim? Right. And, you know, for me, though, I do think I, you know, I read that Free Play, uh, which is a big um, arcade bar um, that, uh, that has many locations in the Dallas area. I think they were going to require guests to continue to, to wear masks. And, you know, every business has the right to do that. And to be honest with you, I applaud them for doing that. Because, Tim, if you are up to like 100% capacity, masks are probably for the best, right? Probably so. So there we go. Okay, enough about that, Tim. It is exciting, though, because I, it makes me think that we're getting slowly back to normal. That's what's exciting about it to me, is that yeah. I'm ready to get back to festivals. I'm ready to get back to expos. I'm ready to get back to, to do those things. Hopefully, we can go to Houston at the end of the year, Tim. That would be great, but we're just going to have to see how things are going at that point. So, But anyway, guys, let us continue on with the questions. And we have several for this month, Tim. And the first one we have is from Bruce. So let me go ahead and bring that up real quick so we can cover it. Hey, I have a multi-game JAMA arcade cabinet, horizontal two-player, and it has a VGA cable that plugs into the monitor from the board. So the monitor does not plug in through the JAMA harness. I bought like 10 original game JAMA boards, but they all but all of them connect to the monitor through the JAMA harness. I know I need some sort of CGA to VGA adapter, but all of the information I can find online shows how to convert a CRT to an LCD, but not the other way around. Do you have any advice or guidance on how I can play these old JAMA boards with my existing JAMA harness, Bruce? Okay, Tim, so we have Bruce here, and um, he has a 60-in-1 that's a very common setup where instead of using the harness for the video, they're actually using a VGA cable for the video. Tim, this is very, very common, especially when you have an LCD in the cabinet, correct? Right. But the problem he's facing is that he bought 10 regular JAMA boards, and regular JAMA boards typically do not have a VGA output. So what does Bruce need to do in order to get these games to play in his cabinet? Well, he was right in saying that he would need a converter, and that's what he is going to need. Um, but it's kind of like he said, it's the opposite. He needs to convert uh, from CGA to VGA, and that's the kind of converter that he needs to look for, one that's 
uh, specifically goes from CGA to VGA, but there are some out there. And I know in the slides you're probably going to uh, have a link to one or show one that we really like. Yeah, and to be honest with you, I mean, he mentions in, I think, his question that he, it's, it's CRT to LCD. I mean, that's, I mean, that's actually, I mean, I assume he had a, uh, an LCD, but maybe he has a CRT with a VGA cable on it, correct? Maybe so. Yeah, so maybe that's what he's doing. And so, uh, Tim, I after reading that, I may have the wrong adapter for him. See, when I read the question initially, I was thinking it was more of an LCD that he had in the, in the game already. It's just that he was trying to hook the JAMA boards to that. That's kind of what I read into it. Right, that's the way I read it. But after reading it again, it could be that he actually does have a CRT monitor. He doesn't actually ever say that he has a CRT monitor, but maybe um, he does say not the other way around, which now is leading me to think he may have a CRT with a VGA cable on it. Now, here's the deal. If he's got a CRT with a VGA cable, unless it's like a computer monitor, it may have support for 15 kilohertz if it's a tri-sync, right, Tim? Right. So at that point, all he may have to do is just hook the wires from the JAMA harness directly to the chassis and then make sure he's got it in the right sync mode and then it should work. Now, if he's got a computer monitor with a VGA, then he will need a converter board in order to change that over, correct? Exactly. So, but thinking about it again, Tim, I think this will still work because just like, I mean, if a CRT does have a VGA, then basically it is like an LCD monitor, correct? Correct. Okay. Am I confusing everybody yet? Are we still all here? Okay. I, I think this will work in either case. Now that we're, now that we're through, I'm going to throw the slide up here, Tim. In order to okay. use a standard JAMA board in your multi-game cabinet, you're going to need to wire up a CGA to VGA video converter board in your uh, into your JAMA harness. This will convert the signal coming from the JAMA board to VGA so that your monitor can display it properly. Now, Tim, this should work regardless if he has a CRT or an LCD as long as it takes a VGA connection, right? Yeah. So it doesn't matter if he has a, a traditional tube monitor or an LCD monitor. If it takes VGA, this board should convert that CGA signal from from his um, JAMA boards to a VGA that he can actually use, right? That, that's what it should do, yeah. Correct. So this should be what he's looking for. The most common CGA to VGA converter board, Tim, is the Gombus 8200 series. Tim, we've seen this thing a million times. We've bought several of them. They work well. They do need to be dialed in. There's some little uh, knobs and things that you may have to turn in order to get it to adjust it properly. But Tim, we've used this in several instances and never had a problem, correct? No, not at all. Not our preferred method. For, for doing this, we prefer you buy a monitor that actually supports it. But if you're trying to convert a monitor that you already have to you are um, if you're trying to use a monitor you already have with an arcade board, this is a good board to purchase, correct? Yeah, it's a great board. Exactly. So you can get these from a number of uh, parts suppliers. Tim, they're all around $30. You may have to pay shipping on top of that, but they're around $30. Um, Tim, we like Holland Computers like we've mentioned in the past, and they have this available. And you can see our link right there. I also put the link down below in the show notes. So, Bruce, if you need to, to go to Holland and pick that up, we suggest you do that. But, uh, Tim, for 30 bucks, you really are getting a heck of value here. And a lot of people use these to convert, like, a, um, a regular tube, uh, like an arcade uh, CRT to an LCD. That's, that's their use most of the time. But to be honest with you, if you're going to do that route, we'd prefer you buy an LCD that actually already supports the 15 kilohertz. But if you're trying to transition a monitor that you already have, uh, this board will work fairly well for that. Right, Tim? Yeah. Sounds good. So, Bruce, hopefully answers your question. And good luck uh, getting those JAMA boards to work with your VGA monitor. 
I know Tim, Tim is really wanting to open those gifts. I can see you there, Tim. He's, he's been shaking it. Are you going to shake it a little bit for us? Yeah. It, it's not super heavy, but it is um, it's definitely, it's pretty big, you know. So it's <clears> You can shake it. Time. I package it really well, you know. I package things to uh, to go through USPS or UPS, so. Yeah, it could, it could, could it actually seems like there could be something inside of something, so who, who knows? Could be a trick, but the box, the, I think there could be a box in a box. We'll a box in a box. Oh, there you go. I think I think you may be right, Tim. We'll find out here in a little bit. Uh, Tim, I'm going to go ahead and move on. Oh, um, that burned out coil, uh, Mr. Silverball Mania says, maybe on the left side of you. I'm still trying to see it here. Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, so I'll get that after a while. Yeah, you got you need to you need to replace that coil, Tim. We can't leave those. We can't leave those in the game. So uh, for sure. But anyway, uh, it looks like we're caught up on the live chat, Tim. So I'm going to go ahead and move on to this next question from Geo. And Geo says, "I have a two-player stand-up X-Men versus Street Fighter arcade game. My question is, why is my monitor green? I think I may have messed up a good arcade. Please help." Now, Tim, this is where we got the title for this episode. My game machine screen is green. And I did that, you know, just to, it's, it's, uh, my, my daughter's doing a whole Dr. Seuss thing at her school. I think a lot of schools are doing Dr. Seuss this week. And so I went ahead and put that in there. My game machine screen is green. I can, I can rhyme with the best of them, Tim. So. Okay. But, um, we have an X-Men versus Street Fighter, uh, here, Tim, and his game machine screen is green. What does Geo need to do in order to fix it? Well, I do not like this green machine. <laughs> <laughs> if you can rhyme the whole thing, I'll give you like yeah. 10 bucks. <laughs> Things I say may sound mean. <laughs> but <laughs> now we'll go with, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that could cause this, y'all. Then we really need to see does this game still play? In other words, is it blind? So is it a monitor issue? Or sometimes you'll get a green screen when. Uh, the board has an issue, or there's just uh, there's no video coming to it. Even a bad power supply would cause just could cause just a green screen, kind of like the old blue screen of death. And if you remember Windows, you know sometimes it's your board that dies and causes that. So those are a couple questions we'd have to follow up with him: Is your game playing blind, or is it the green drive just out in his monitor and overpowering all the other colors? So that will help determine if he can play the game and you can hear it and it seems like everything is playing, he just can't see it, he probably does have a monitor issue. If he can't play the game at all, though, he needs to check his power and make sure he's falling through the game, making sure that his power supply, everything could even be something come unplugged or just not connected very good. So we really need a couple follow-up questions uh, to help him a little bit more, but those are some possibilities. Um, and I know we have some videos and you'll probably have some links or something that will help him with that. Well, uh, Tim, the one thing I did want to just, I'll give my input here is that, uh, X-Men vs. Street Fighter is a CPS2 game. And so, um, whenever, yeah. if you get a solid green screen on a CPS2 game, it's very possible that you had a suicide happen. And so that's uh, the only thing I'm going to throw in that you, you didn't mention. I think all the rest of the stuff that you mentioned is spot on. So I'm going to go ahead and throw the script, the, um, the outline up here so people can see. <clears throat> So let's start off with a question for you. Does your screen have a green tint? 
does it play? Is it just greener than it should be? Or are you just getting a green screen, no gameplay? Like Tim said, is it playing Is it playing blind? Or is it playing green or something like that? Is there something going on there? Is it playing or is it not playing? That's really the, the, the question right now. If you're experiencing a green tint, then like Tim said, you can try to turn down your green adjustments on your monitor, your cutoff and your drive. But, <clears throat> excuse me, but, um, and you, need, you also need to check your input wires, right, Tim? Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, you may, sometimes when you get an overabundance of one color, it's because another color isn't working properly. So uh, make sure that your input wires are connected properly. And then, of course, Tim, we have a great video with Michael called Checking a Monitor Tube that uh, he should definitely check out as well because that shows how, you know, your neck board can also cause an oversaturation of green if there's transistors out or if there's uh, solder joints touching or if there's other issues happening there. Now, if you're getting just a flat green screen uh, and no gameplay, then it's possible that your board is having an issue of some sort, possibly CPS2 suicide. And if it is CPS2 suicide, then you can install the undamned InfiniKey on your board, which, <clears throat> which I think I linked to down below in the show notes, Tim. So if he wants to do that, he can install that on his board. That thing we talked about in a previous live show, Tim, is one of the greatest inventions that's ever happened in a long time. We no longer need the Phoenix ROMs. You can just solder which game you have. You solder the points that you're supposed to. Solder that thing in place, and it fixes everything. Yeah. So good stuff there. Tim, anything else for Geo before we move on? <clears throat> no, I don't think so. How, what's going on over there in the live chat? <laughs> it's quiet. So um, very, very, very quiet over here. It's like... Uh, um, YouTube Punk says he blames the Incredible Hulk, so we do have a little bit of uh, of chat there. But um, it's quiet over there, Tim. They're just chilling. They're just watching. So, and that's fine with us. You know, I mean, hey, you guys can sit back, relax, watch this. I'm good with that. Or if you want to chime in, you're more than welcome to. Uh, Tim, we're always uh, up for anything, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, Danny Ransom says I got a Cruising World arcade board that just shows a green screen. I figured out it's a bad board, though. That would be a bad board, right, Tim? Yeah, it could be. Like I said, that's uh, if if it's not playing blind, anytime it's your monitor, the game would still play. Most you know, most instances, the game is going to play. So uh, if you're not getting anything, yeah, it could definitely be your board. Absolutely. Now, Tim, you you've had a lot of experience with Cruising World or Cruising USA. Have you ever had that before with just a green screen? Yeah, but I think there's some few, small fuses on that board. You should check if I remember right. Um, also, is connections between boards. Make sure that they're good. And, of course, is power vol voltage going to the boards. Absolutely. Power is always very important, Tim. Um, I noticed uh, on your birthday post that we put on Facebook, a lot of people said that you taught them the ASAP. They always start at power. <laughs> so, um, yeah. and we did, we did uh, put up a post for Tim's birthday, and uh, we had several replies on there. Tim, did you get to look at all those replies? Because there are some really good ones in there. You know, I, it's funny because... Um, you know how it is. It's the one day of the year everybody posts on your Facebook, and I'm, I'm trying to say thank you. I just had to make the generic post thanks because it would take me a whole day just to thank everybody. So um, it didn't exactly alert me because it's our page. And uh, so I went in there, and I did read some of them, and I was like, gosh, these are some really um, – the, there were more than I had expected, number one, and so I didn't get to like them all just yet, but a lot of them were, uh, were, were too kind, you know, and it was like, wow, some, a lot of them had some really nice things to say, 
So from the bottom of my heart, thank you, everybody. It did make me feel very special yesterday. Now, I tried to tag you in that post, but I think you have your tagging off. I'm just saying. So you would have gotten the alerts otherwise. But um, <clears throat> no, I mean, there were some very nice things in there. And if you haven't checked, I think there were some even more nice things in there since then. So, um, I, and you know, Tim, I was thinking, I'm going to sing you happy birthday here in a bit because now it's all public domain. So it doesn't matter anyway. So Right. <laughs> Hopefully with the help of the live chat. We'll see how that's going to work out. But uh Let's see. Mr. Silverball Mania says, enjoying my green eggs and ham with my pal Sam, but Sam stole my ham and now he's in the can. So there you go. <laughs> We're all about rhyming around here. My game machine screen is green, but we've already we've already covered Geo's question, Tim. So now let's move to Chris's question. And here we go. Hi, I did a cap kit and replaced the flyback chassis pots and B plus pot to correct an unstable image. The game plays, but the screen would not stabilize. The original pots were very touchy. Simply touching them with the plastic tool would, would affect the screen. The machine is all original. I replaced the usual suspects, but I still have the same image issue. The best image I can get with the pot adjustments is in the video link. Game plays fine. What should I test slash replace next? Thanks. Love your channel. And this is from Chris Tim. He sent a YouTube link, which I also put down below. So you guys okay. can uh, can uh, see if you want to watch Chris's video. Tim, Chris has a Geo7, I'm pretty sure. Okay, and yeah. so this is a Geo7. Well, um, you know what I did? I sent this over to our monitor repair guy, Michael. <laughs> so um, wow. you're going to hear from Michael. This is Michael's Minute, guys, for this live show. Uh, let's take a look and hear what Michael has to say. Hey, everyone. Michael back. This month we have Chris. Chris has a Geo7 with a sync issue. I watched his video. He definitely has a sync issue. I checked out some of my notes, and but before we get to that, the first thing we need to check is the solder joints on the uh, pin itself um, where it plugs into the chassis. Make sure there's no, no breaks there. And also check the continuity and the wiring from the chassis to the actual back to the game and make sure there's no breaks in the wiring or anything like that. If everything's good there, uh, check 314 and R317 and make sure they're the right ohm resistor from the factory. Uh, they actually were sent out with 4.7 in some models and then the actual value needs to be a 390 ohm so check there also check c302 it's a 220 uh, mic cap 16 volt and on the foil side of the board it was actually labeled wrong so on the um, top side of the board make sure that that cap is incorrectly i know chris had said he did a cap kit so we need to double check that cap um, also check your sync wires see if you need negative or positive sync I believe with negative sync pins 2 and 3 are tied together um, I'm not 100% sure on that so maybe Jonathan can help with that um, then check transistor X301 X302 X305 and X306 they're all the same part number and um, check those with a diode check on a meter or you can unsolder them and kind of uh, change change them up put you know take one out and put it in where the other one was and see if you see any change in the picture and if you do then that will kind of give you an idea that one of those transistors are bad and I would recommend just replacing all four of them um, but anything in the 300 range uh, on that board uh, any part number with the 300s are going to be dealing with your sink so I hope this helps, but until next month, we'll see you later. Okay, Tim, well, we're back, and, um, you know, Michael sends these, like, really, 
really large videos and I need to, I probably need to, <laughs> to scale them down because uh, it seems like we always get a little bit of, um, a little bit of jumping in the video. Sorry about that guys. But I think the audio comes across pretty clear. So, um, Michael sent, uh, Michael basically said it was a sync issue, right, Tim? Yeah. And so he did say, I, I'm sure Jonathan's going to help me. So I appreciate that, Michael. Of course, um, I'm going to help you out here. I've actually got this on the slide. So let's summarize what Michael said real quick and we'll see if Tim has anything to add to that. So what I did was I, I put uh, over on the left-hand side of this slide, I put the two, the, the types of sync and the, and the ways that you hook them up, Tim, in case uh, Chris was not familiar, just to make sure that his sync wiring is hooked up properly, Tim, because if his sync wiring is not hooked up properly, obviously there could be an issue, right? Right. I noticed that. It was a good job of making that simple for him. Exactly. So, and that's from uh, the real BobRoberts.net, Tim. We love uh, Bob Roberts' site, those, uh, those, um, those little uh, diagrams there. And so those should help him out. We should mention that most uh, JAMA games, just to give you an idea, are composite negative sync. And so if you had a composite negative sync, you, you'd have to do the bottom one and basically separate out that composite sync into the horizontal and vertical sides. So, um, you know, it just depends on what you're, on what you're doing, on what you're doing. So, uh, but as Michael discusses, let's start off this repair by checking the input pins and the connector to make sure that their solder joints are good and that the wires are making a connection. Checking the, check the wiring from the game PCB as well to make sure everything is connected properly. Now, Tim, that's very important because one of those wires, there's two wires in the input connector, one for ground and one for sync. And if those aren't, those wires aren't connected very well, or if the pins that those wires are connected to are not soldered properly, then we could have an issue, correct? Yeah, very much. Now, so. if all that looks good, then it's probably in the 300 section of the monitor somewhere. So, um, Tim... Michael mentions a couple of things he can check. Resistors R314, R317. Uh, capacitor C302 is labeled wrong on the chassis, so you need to make sure that that's in the correct position. Transis transistors uh, X301, 302, 305, 306. And basically the entire 300 section of the chassis, Tim, because that's where all of the sync uh, wiring is held, correct? Or sync wow. circuit, excuse me. The sync circuit is held. But um, those parts in particular, because those seem to be common fail parts for the sync on Geo 7s. Tim, anything else for Chris before we move on? And I'm not touching all that stuff Michael said. That was some good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And, and he said he looked back through his notes, Tim. And Michael keeps notes on a lot of the repairs he does just to see. And so I'm sure he went back and said, you know, um, I, I would almost guarantee you he's seen a Geo 7 that wouldn't sync before. And so I'm sure he just went back through his notes and said, what did I do to fix fix that one? Well, these are the things I checked. So, But basically that 300 section is going to be the place to start. Uh, Chris, once you've covered your input bases and made sure that your, your input wiring is good and that and that your pins are connected properly as well. So uh, check the 300 section, and if you need any additional help, please let us know, and we'll try to help you out further. Now, Tim, we got a question here from uh, Greg, and he says he picked up a pretty rare game called Ten Spot. Tim, are you familiar with Ten Spot? No. He says it's considered the first multi-game board well before the Nintendo cabs. It's a unique cab with no back door. Anyone here have a good board repair tech? I did find a manual for it, but other than the pinout, it's not very helpful. So, Greg, for something that specific, I would probably try to contact uh, our friend Raymond at ArcadeComponents.com. Because he's got a he he has a lot of experience with board repair, and so you're going to need somebody who has a lot of experience in order to tackle something this unique. 
So uh, try contacting Raymond at arcadecomponents.com and see if he can uh, help you out with that board. Of course, without a schematic, Tim, it will be more challenging, but Raymond's really, really good at identifying weak spots on boards and fixing them. So, um, you know, I would highly recommend Raymond. Raymond is very busy, so it may be a while before he can get around to it, but Tim, I can't think of anybody else who has the kind of ex expertise that he has in order to get this board working, so... No, the first thought that popped in my head is he needs to contact Raymond. Absolutely. So, uh, Greg, contact Raymond. Let us know uh, what he says about it and if he's willing to tackle it and what he finds once uh, once you ship him the board. Uh, Danny says, I have an arcade cabinet that has a Pandora's Box 5 in it. Worked fine. Changed it to a Pandora's Box 9. Now having issues with some buttons not working. So, um, Tim, this se this would be seem to be a wiring issue of some sort, correct? It had to be, but all he did was switch out the boxes, right? Right, exactly. He went from a Pandora's Box 5 to a Pandora's Box 9, which I believe both of those are pretty much, you know, jam, well, what we call Chama, Chinese Chama standard, correct? Yeah. So, I mean, they should all yeah. be the same. It doesn't need the extra ground wire, though, right? Correct. So, it may be the way that you have your ground wires wired, though. Make sure that you have them wired to the correct grounds. You know, sometimes we always use the... Um, the five pin side of the JAMA harness before the key or the six pin is that six pin, the six pins before the key as the input going into the, to the uh, harness. And then we use the last ground as the output going out to our control panels and other uh, buttons and, and coin door lights and all that kind of stuff. If for some reason you wire or use some of those grounds from the, um, the first six pins before the key in your wiring of your control panel, it's possible that those are not making a good connection to ground with this new board. It could be that the new board does not distribute them the same way that the old board did. So it does sound like more of a grounding issue in this particular case, Danny. Uh, so that's the first place we would start. Check all your ground wiring and make sure that it's all, uh, it's all safe. Any other things for Danny, Tim? No, that's exactly what I was thinking. Okay, sounds good. So, Danny, uh, check your ground wires and just make sure that everything, you know, check to see if it's wired properly. And take a, a multimeter and make sure that those things are grounded. So, you know, put put one end of your uh, multimeter on ground, a ground pin, and then put the other ones on your buttons to make sure that they're all grounded properly. Uh, that will tell you a lot as to how it's all wired. So, And Tim Gregg uh, just gave us five bucks for answering his question. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, we appreciate all donations, and uh, if you'd like to make a donation just like Greg did, you can hit the little dollar sign button down there. It's called the Super Chat uh, Donation button, so hit that, and you can donate money to us that way. Or, as we talked about earlier, you can go to arcaderepairtips.com slash donate and donate. We appreciate all donations. We thank you very much to Greg for his support, for sure. Thank you, Greg. Okay, Tim, I think we're caught up on the live chat, so let us continue on with our next question from Juan. So here we go. If okay. I can find my mouse cursor. There we go. Sir, can you please tell me why my power box keeps turning off? Once I once I tap it, it turns back on. The pa It powers up for about 30 minutes or so and turns off again. Also, where can I ground my arcade? I have all three wires on the power cord, but I still get a good little shock. Maybe I have a loose wire. It's a Miss Pac-Man tabletop. Everything is original except the 60-in-1 board. Please help. So, Tim, uh, one has a couple of issues here. One, he's got an issue with his power supply. It only tends to work if he, you know, hits it with a screwdriver. And he is getting right. shocked every so often, which is never a good thing when you've got a game on location for sure. So what kind of things can Juan do to eliminate his intermittent power supply problem and to <laughs> prevent people from getting shocked when they play his game? Well, anytime your power supply is failing after, sounds like it's pretty consistent, too. 
Like, it, he didn't say one day it works fine and then the next day. Sounds like every time after a, just 30 minutes, didn't he say 30 minutes, it would fail. Right. So, you know, that when you get that kind of consistency, um, then you know that it's probably time basically to replace your power supply. And uh, it's probably a switcher in there. You can get a similar one to it, so that'll make the uh, hooking up uh, easy, you know, take pictures, what it looks like, and just switch them out. But you're probably going to have to replace that power supply. Now, what do you suggest on the shocking, Tim? Is it What kind of things can he do to prevent the shock? Well, you know, if you're getting shocked, he's right. He probably has a loose wire somewhere. But when we, we say always start at power, that starts from your, your wall plug all the way through your game. And you may have three wires there, but is it fully grounded all throughout the game? Does it go to, um, you know, to his chassis, um, you know, to a metal frame somewhere else in the game? Uh, just got to make sure and follow those wires and make sure that it, it's not just coming to the plug and being grounded. It needs to, and, and part of that could be his power supply issue also that's causing the other issue. Agreed. Now, Tim, one thing that I remember about Ms. Pac-Man Cadence is they typically have those big yellow thick straps, correct? Yeah, a lot of them have those, and they're real easy to break at the ends and come undone. Or they have that stuff for lack of some, it kind of looks like a shoestring braid, you know, or solder wick is what it actually looked like and reminded me of. Um, so there could easily be a break in those somewhere, and, you know, they had them all in those games everywhere. So you can kind of follow some of that around and see if an end didn't get uh broken or come undone or something like that. Absolutely. Now, Tim, I'm going to go ahead and throw up the slide, but I do want to talk a little bit more about grounding here in a second uh, once we're done with that. So from your description, it sounds like your power supply is having some issues. Since you have a 61 board currently installed in your cabinet, we're going to assume that it has a newer style switching power supply in it. We recommend replacing this power supply and seeing if it solves the issue. Now, as for the grounding issue, make sure that the ground is being distributed throughout the cabinet. Just because you have the ground wire hooked to your power plug does not mean that this ground is connected to the other parts of your cabinet. Of course, this too, like Tim mentioned, could be related to a bad power supply. Now, Tim, uh, one of the things we're going to talk about real quick, or I want to talk about, is grounding the individual parts in the cabinet, Tim. And, Tim, we usually try to ground uh, three different parts to the, the floor ground. And that would be the yeah. monitor chassis, the control panel and the coin door. And the reason why right. is because those are the parts that the user interacts with that are metal. And so if wow. you have a if you have a, a just regular wire running from your floor ground to your control panel and from your floor ground to your coin door, that should prevent any kind of, of shocking because obviously that is grounding that for you. Even if there's a loose wire, Tim, it should help prevent that, correct? Hopefully so, Which yeah. is why we recommend that anyway. We'd recommend you do that anytime just for safety purposes. That's a very important thing. Because you definitely don't want people getting shocked when they go to your game, correct? No, not at exactly. all. Exactly. So um, if, if you are still having the, the grounding issue, the shocking issue, after you replace the power supply one, try, try running just a... Uh, you can run like just... An extension cord wire, Tim, right? Like you could take like an extension cord and, and uh, just run, you know, run part of it from your control panel to your floor ground, part of it from your monitor chassis frame to your floor ground, and then your coin door to your floor ground. And that should prevent most of the shocking that you're going to have in your cabinet, correct? Well, hopefully so, unless he's running, and like he says, it is a loose wire that's actually running voltage through there. So just keep an eye out 
and and uh, you can do continuity checks or whatever. Or just trust your eyes. Uh, make sure that there isn't something loose and touching somewhere. You definitely don't want to get hurt like that. Absolutely. So, Juan, hopefully it answers your question. And good luck getting your Miss Pac-Man 61 conversion tabletop cabinet back up and running uh, for more than 30 minutes, hopefully. Right, Tim? Yeah. And so there we go. Okay, Tim, the next one we have is from Ashley Kate. So I'm going to throw this up here. She says, hi there, I have a Victory Video Games arcade machine, Street Fighter. So, Tim, I assume this is probably a generic cabinet with Street Fighter. It could be an actual Victory arcade game with Street Fighter, and it's possible. Um, but she says she needs, it, she needs it fixed. The issues are the screen doesn't work, for the, and the actual arcade machine doesn't work. It's been in storage for 10-plus years and has recently come out. It previously worked before sitting in storage. We have vacuumed and cleaned out the machine, and that, has fixed, that hasn't fixed either issue, I think is what she meant to say. Please let us know of any tips you have. Regards, Ashley Kate. So, Tim, we're pulling a game out of storage after 10-plus years. The Street Fighter game worked perfectly 10 years ago, and now all of a sudden ain't working when we pull it out now. What's going on? Well, you know, personally, um, if I have a game that doesn't work at all versus one that kind of works, Sometimes it's easier to fix the one that doesn't work at all. So, you know, we, we talk about the ASAP approach, always starting at power. Some of those power supplies have been sitting in storage for 10 years. A lot of the caps have dried up and stuff, and they're just not performing. Or um, it could easily be a fuse or something. Oh, <coughs> Excuse me. That, um, thank you. That... Um, you know, you just don't know. It just could be a loose connection from moving it. They got it out of storage. Um, so, but I, we're going to start at power and make sure that we're actually getting power through the plug and that it's coming into the game, that's going, and the power supply is lighting up and turning on. If not, that's probably a good place to start. So when people talk about it just being a fuse, Tim, these are the kind of symptoms you typically get if it is just a fuse, correct? Yes, and it just won't do anything, you know, and uh, I like how I say they, they clean everything with no luck, but also sometimes uh, stuff just comes unplugged, undone from the move, uh, and so, but if we start at power and we know, okay, I've got power here, just follow it through the game. I've got power at my power supply. Is it coming in? Is it going out? I got power to my board. Do I got power up to my monitor? Those type of things, you could have a great working game, the monitor just be unplugged or something. So um, those type of things, though, uh, we got some videos that they can watch that will help them. Um, especially, it sounds like they're probably pretty novice at it, but that's okay. We all started somewhere. And starting at power is always a great place to start. Absolutely, Tim. I'm going to go ahead and throw up the slides since you mentioned that. And, and Tim, I actually put a picture of a Victory um, arcade cabinet here by Exidy, which a lot of people may oh, not have seen, because um, when she said Victory, it made me think of that. It may just be a generic, like, Victory video games arcade cabinet, but it may be a Victory arcade cabinet for all we know. So I went ahead and put the picture there. But uh, we have a saying here at Arcade Repair Tips that Tim mentioned, ASAP, always start at power. So start off this repair by making sure that your game is getting power. Since your game will not come out at all, you're probably having an issue with your AC voltage inside your cabinet. Work from the plug all the way into the cabinet. Measure where the AC voltage stops. Uh, you can do this with a multimeter. Some common places for AC voltage issues include interlock switches, power switches, line filters, and damaged wiring. So check those areas in particular. And Tim, we have a 
We have some great videos on checking and replacing a power supply, checking a classic power supply. Actually, Kate, uh, please check out or post some videos on those for some more information. And check out Tim's article that he wrote on the basic troubleshooting of an arcade game, and that will help you as well. Tim, anything else here for Ashley, Kate, before we move on? No, just keep in touch with us. I mean, um, as you learn, watch a lot of our videos. We, we shot them uh, for people that with little or no experience in mind. And if you can, we can answer some follow-up questions. We'd love to stay in contact with you and help you get that game up and going one day. And uh, you can shout victory. <laughs> there you go. Sounds good, Tim. So, Ashley, Kate, uh, please keep in touch with us. Let us know if we can help you out further. And hopefully you can get that game working very soon. If you need additional help, please contact us. We'll be glad to help you out further. Uh, Danny said, I've been wondering when you have to use a jumper wire on arcade board, is it just for the main leads only? So anytime you have a bad spot on your board, you may have to put a jumper lead in. So, I mean, it may not, it, it, it may not be just on the, um, you said the main leads. It may not be on the main leads. It may be a broken trace that you have to jump right. over to that effect. You see that a lot. If um, for some reason the traces have been broken, you may have to jump over a trace in order to get it, in order to get the board working. Um, you see that a lot on monitor chassis, right, Tim? Yeah, I was going to say, in my case, from me getting it too hot, trying to replace a capacitor or something, I will often burn up a trace, and then I'll have to run a jumper wire over there. Exactly. So a lot, I mean, jumper wires can happen anywhere, Tim. It's not just... Uh, it's not just at the main leads. It can happen pretty much anywhere that you need to make a connection where the connection's not currently being made. And it could, like I said, it could just be that the trace was broken. It could be because there was a, um, you know, a solder pad lifted, and so you have to you have to jumper from further back to the next lead on the line. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons to use jumper wires, um, but it just it really just comes down to the fact that there's something broken on the board that we need to bypass. Correct. Correct. So there we go, Danny. Hopefully, answers your question. And Tim, with that in mind, let us move to our rapid-fire questions from YouTube. And so we've got three this month, just like we always do. And so we're going to hit these in rapid-fire succession. Let me uh, go ahead and read each of those. We've got one from John who says, When discharging a monitor, should I use a plastic, insulated screwdriver or rubber? Is there a difference? Thanks again. We have Paul. Do you know how to get the screen to light up, light up on a Miss Pac-Man floor machine? The sound is good. And then we have Fred who says he has an Atari multi-game classic that shuts down during startup. So, Tim, we have a couple here. We have John who's wondering about what kind of screwdriver he should use on his monitor discharging tool. We have Paul who can't get his screen to light up on his Miss Pac-Man floor machine. And we have Fred who has an Atari multi-game that shuts down during startup. So let's take John's first, Tim. Um, should he use a plastic insulator or rubber screwdriver when discharging a monitor? Well, you can use either one, but we do prefer the rubber one. Absolutely. And, uh, Tim, it really it really comes down to how good your grounding clip is, right? Really. Yeah, that's what it boils down to. It's not so much of the screwdriver in your hand as it's the ground clip that's going out, making sure that it is discharging. Correct. So let's move on to Paul, Tim. How does he get his screen to light up? He can hear it playing. What's going on with Paul's game? Well, that does sound exactly like we talked about earlier, that it is a monitor issue, uh, a classic case of game playing blind. Um, we shot a really unique and good video on that that he can watch, and that should help him because we come across just about every issue that could possibly be that causes that, and we discuss it in that video. Absolutely. And then we have Fred, Tim, and he's got an Atari multi-game that shuts down during startup. What's going on with Fred's multi-game? 
Well, it's kind of like the one we talked about earlier. It's probably a power supply issue. It's it's not. It's able to start or get going, but it can't. Pro when it really starts to process and push it a little bit, it could be that it just needs to adjust the voltage. But it may be time to replace that power supply. Awesome, Tim. I think you covered all of it. So let's go back and review what Tim mentioned. On John's question, like Tim mentioned, screwdriver doesn't matter so much, but we do like to use the rubber-handled flathead screwdriver when discharging a monitor. But the grounding wire is what's most important. As long as your grounding wire and clips are in good condition and connected properly, the handle should not matter. Paul, yours sounds exactly like a case of playing blind. Check out our post on troubleshooting games that are playing blind for more information. And Tim, something we don't show in that video that happens often is that you may just have a cracked, cold, or broken solder joint, correct? Right. So you may just take out your chassis, touch up all the solder joints, and see where you're at at that point. And then, like Tim mentioned on Fred's question, probably a power supply issue. Check the voltage with the multimeter, adjust as needed, or replace the power supply if you can't get the correct voltage out of it. So, Tim, did we cover all three of them? Did we get all of it in there? Yeah, I think so. Uh, he's just wanting to move on to his birthday. I know how this is. Yeah, I mean, you said as soon as we got through the tech tip, I could... I to the tech tip. Up. We're not going to get through it. We'll let you do the tech tip afterwards. But we got some live show oh. questions real quick, Tim. you got to wait a second longer. Um, let's right. see. Gre sure. Greg says um, that the ju on jumper wires, it could be a factory error, too. They would throw a jumper on it. That is correct. Uh, Tim, you know, uh, Tim knows that I worked for a company that made wireless um, uh, circuit boards. And one day I spent, or one week, I spent an entire week. Um, taking off the tiniest transistor that you have ever seen off these boards and, and jumpering a wire to bridge across that transistor because we didn't need the transistor anymore. Uh, so, I mean, just to give you an idea, I mean, sometimes you got to modify a board when you're on the fly. And so, yes, it could come from the factory with jumpers already on it. That's not uncommon. Um, Rugster Show, question for a discharge tool. Do you have to solder the wire to the screwdriver or just or can I just wrap the wire and tape? So we don't even do that. We use alligator clips on both ends, right, Tim? Yeah, most of the time. And But in a pinch, yeah, I literally have wrapped the wire around it and just used it. But yeah, if you soldering it to it is the safest way, right? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it, but you don't necessarily have to. Right, um, but we've we used alligator clips forever, Tim, on both ends. And never had a problem. I mean, the alligator clips that we buy, we try to buy the, the good ones that, you know, don't come off very easily. And, Tim, I've never had the alligator clips uh, disconnect from my screwdriver when I was doing it, so. No, not at all. And then they make, um, here's, I got one in hand I can show you that we did. I don't know how good it's going to show with my background Oh, yeah, here, it's kind of flick, flickering there. Yeah, I'll change mine. Anyway, um, let me get to my... Are you going to switch over to the cat filter? Oh, there he is. All right, so you can see here's just the alligator clip right here, but, and here is a, a pretty good wire, and it's just literally just kind of mashed in there. Right. It's not soldered or anything. And on the other end, now normally, you know, they do have the plastic kind that can have you the slides over there, but... I mean, nothing fancy about this. I just, you know, hook it onto one end of a screwdriver and then the other end to the chassis. This is what this wire is for. I have it right here in my shop. There you go. So, uh, Tim, thanks for coming out of the pinball machine to show us that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the real hammer Billy Lee says he always uses alligator clips. So, it's not just us, Tim. Yeah. 
So, but I mean, soldering it is the best. And Tim, you remember when Bob Roberts used to sell them? He may still sell them. But Bob Roberts would send you one where he had, um, what had he done? He had drilled a hole in the screwdriver and then put the wire through and soldered it through, right? Yeah. And I mean, that is the safest, best way to probably do that. But the alligator clips worked just fine. Never had a problem with them. So, I yeah, probably had that same pair right there over 10 years. And I've used them, this one pair, I probably have used over 100, 200 times. Uh, Danny says, is there a certain type of or gauge wire that you use for the jumper wire? Uh, in mine, I used, I actually used an extension cord and I wired both, uh, you know how, um, you know how like a standard uh, extension cord has two wires in it, one for AC line and neutral. I twisted them together and then mashed the alligator clip on both ends, so that way I'd have I'd have a good gauge wire through there. But Tim, is there any specific gauge wire that you would recommend? Yeah, I would I would definitely go with a thicker gauge. You know, probably at least a sixteen or lower. I wouldn't I wouldn't do a thin wire at all. You know, not if you think of it this way, like. Thicker, like your power wires, that's, that's what this is, is a power ground wire. Um, but you wouldn't want to go thin like, let's say, the wiring out of your jammer harness. Thicker than that. Absolutely. You might not know what I say. If I say a 16, 12, 14 gauge, it might not mean anything, but thicker than that. So you got a wires. Most of, if, in fact, if I think if you read uh, Bob Roberts' site, a lot of times they talk about using a lamp cord right which, which i mean is, what i used was basically that but you said it's kind of two wires into one and that's fine too you know so think about a lamp cord how thick that is i would highly recommend i mean you get too thick it's cumbersome but um you know thicker than your your uh jamma wiring for sure absolutely tim i think they're just answering they're just asking questions so uh, to keep you from opening your present so that's oh, just my okay. thing. But I think we're caught up now. So I think that's all the questions about uh, discharging tools at this point. So uh, at this point, I guess it's time for you to open your gift. <clears throat> uh, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Tim. Happy birthday to you. Did I get in there? The yeah. live chat didn't even help. I guess I should have said. I, I no, should have started us all on the same pitch. Sorry, guys. And I wasn't doing any kind of directing. Happy birthday, Jonathan. What now? Last year was my big birthday, right? Yes. Because I turned 50. And um, amazing how life has changed because you took me and some friends and we went to the last sporting event we were even allowed to go to. We went to uh, an XFL game in Dallas. And uh, so one year ago, and then they told us if we wore our mask and we, everything that we shut everything down for two weeks, that we'd flatten the curve, and here we are a year later. Can you believe that it's been a wild year? It has, and uh, Tim, uh, that was—I mean, yeah—we were in a crowd of twenty or thirty thousand people, and yeah. that's been the last time that happened. But it was fun. I had fun at the XFL game, and uh, they'll be back next year, Tim. We'll we'll uh, try it again, maybe. So. Okay, so we got lots of wrapping. Uh, that's here. just to keep you from shaking it. Oh, lots of happy birthdays. Okay. Uh, Greg says happy birthday. Danny says happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Okay. Well, this is interesting. This is this Harbor Freight Tools. So it looks like a gift card. Two. Which, two gift cards. Yeah, I can't get the oh. denomination that I wanted, so I just got you two for two different values. Wow. Well, thank you, Jonathan, because uh, there's definitely a something that I have my eye on there. 
that I really want to get. So, uh, and but I'm not quite sure which one. They have several, so this will give me a chance to go and pick it out. And uh, it's a lot easier when you're not spending your own money, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, here is a. I knew there was a box and a box. I told you guys. Box and a box. Box and a box. It has no writing. It has nothing. Uh, this was to my wife. I would expect it to be a candle or something, but I don't think you no got candle. a candle. Okay, so well, it could be. Let's see. No, it's not a candle. Looks like a mug, and I know what this is. Yeah, because you match me. Yeah, it's <laughs> looking really familiar. Thank you, Jonathan. I really need to support my buddies here from the Game Preserve. I got a Game Preserve mug. Thank you so much for that. And one thing you're always consistent about, if everybody ever notices all the arcade shirts I have, probably Jonathan had bought me 99% of them. <laughs> well, I like uh, you looking on the live show. I will say the other day, my daughter came home with a really cool Pac-Man shirt on, and it had a little Rubik's Cube and stuff. She said she got it at Five Below. Yeah, I heard so that five, five Below has some good ones. So so if you guys have a Five Below in your area. So this, of course, is another shirt. And let's say, in my day, we had to stand to play a video game. <laughs> what a great... What a great <laughs> So there you go. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, that's how it is. You know, it's a good one to work on uh, games in. Yeah, in my day, we had to stand to play a video game. That is true. <laughs> Except for the uh, sit-down driving games, right? That's exactly <laughs> correct. So, uh, happy birthday, Tim. Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, Real Hammer Billy Lee says happy birthday, too. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everybody. You make the thing out of getting older. You know, at my age, I think you're just... Uh, you're glad that you had another year, and um, you, know, you know, don't look forward to them as much as I used to, and it's kind of just, but uh, I took the day off, which I never take off my birthday, John. Normally, I work just kind of another day, but I took the day off and just kind of rested and relaxed, and my wife took me to a really nice dinner, and uh, it was, you know, it was a lot of less fanfare when you turn 51 versus 50, but I thought that was okay. I'm just, I had a good day. Just what I needed, a little rest and relaxation. And then, of course, all my good friends that uh, a lot of you guys wish me happy birthday. Um, I guess you kind of, you know, it's nice. I don't care who you are. Everybody wants to feel special every once in a while. Once a year, uh, getting all those birthday uh, messages and stuff. And like I said, I couldn't respond to everybody personally. It would take me days to get back to everybody. So thank you all from the bottom of my heart. And I'm sure you've heard enough of this now. We'll get on with the rest of the show. <laughs> um, Regzer Show says, love that shirt. Good choice. If you guys would like the shirt, I'll put the link down below in the in the show notes so you guys can see that. The shirt, the link to the mug, and a link to Harbor Freight, of course, to get gift cards. Because, Tim, we love Harbor Freight around here, right? Yeah, we do. You know, it's, there's tools that we buy that uh, we probably wouldn't get from there that we use a lot. But for, the, for most practical purposes... Uh, we we find that their tools are just fine. We we love them. And I, what I'm going to get, I'll tell everybody what I want. I want a bench vise, uh, maybe something that swivels so I could do some angle pounding on if I need to, hammering, but also maybe hold stuff for me while I'm soldering or something like that. That's something that in our old shop, you might remember, Jonathan, we had one and we used it quite often. 
I find myself missing it uh, in the new house. Absolutely, Tim. So hopefully you can get that with uh, some of the money I gave you, and some hopefully some other people gave you some money, and you'll have enough uh-huh. to get that for sure. Harbor Freight's one of our favorite places. Uh, Tim, only one recommendation. Don't buy cordless tools from Harbor Freight. <laughs> okay. You can buy any other kind of tool. Just don't buy cordless tools because, man, they um, they just don't seem to last. Get you a good uh, yeah. DeWalt or Ryobi or yeah. something like that. Yeah, you know, you don't you'll get the wall at uh, Harbor Freight, but for most stuff, we get a lot of. You know, what's really good about Harbor Freight is a lot of the organizers and stuff like that. Uh, Bin that you can buy, I like to. I might buy some of that with the money too. There you go. Uh, Danny says, speaking of shirts, love the shirt, Jonathan. And yeah, you're right. Had to work for your points back then, though. So there you go. Um, <laughs> YouTube Punk said, "What'd you miss? You missed you missed Till winning his gifts." Rewind. So, okay, Tim, you got to open it up again for YouTube Punk. No, I'm just kidding. You can rewind it after the fact. So, sorry you missed out, but uh, Tim, you can show them what you got. We got a nice T-shirt. We got um, the Game Preserve mug, and we got uh, and we got uh, some Harbor Freight gift cards. The whole thing? Yeah, we can see the whole thing. You can read yeah. it. <laughs> oh yeah, we got it. So that's a good shirt right there. <laughs> well, I saw it and thought of you, Tim. So, and I always like yeah. to get, I like to get you um, more than just like game shirts. I like to get you kind of the off. You know, like uh, ones that may not be a specific game, but that one's really great because, like I said, it's it's a good one. It'll it'll look good in some of the videos if we ever do another video again. So, oh yeah, that's the else I wear it on the live chat. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Greg says get Dewalt from Dewalt, not from Home Depot. The quality is better. Um, I got my Dewalt from Lowe's, Tim, and it's been a workhorse, man. I got the one with the extra battery pack and charger. And I, man, I use it all the time. It's never died on me. Great stuff. Um, Tim, where'd you get your Dewalt at? That's interesting uh, that he said that. I think I got mine on Amazon from Dewalt, and uh, and I, I've 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 heard that before too. I don't know why. I don't know if they send their B B items there or what, but I I have heard that rumor before. I don't know if it's true. Well, I mean, and and another thing that's true, Tim, is that you get what you pay for, and Dewalt's definitely that's- hold up better. You know, to be honest with you, though, I have I've had several Black and Deckers. It's just that the batteries don't seem to last as long. I'm constantly having to ch- to charge them or whatever. Uh, Dewalt, man, you charge a battery, it, it lasts forever. And when it when it does finally die, I've got that backup battery just pop in. I'm never without never without power. So, right, great stuff. So, highly recommend Dewalt if you guys are going to be uh, buying some uh, drills, cordless drills to work with. So, but Tim. Uh, now that we've covered your birthday, it's time for your tech tip. Why don't you uh, okay. help everybody out with this tech tip for this month? All right. Let me pull it up here myself. In fact, if you just want to go ahead and slow the sh- uh, show the slide, Jonathan, I'll read it myself. Um, because what we found was um, a-, a tip that will help people with XY vector monitors. And uh, we're just going to – you see the link there at first, and it says – why do Wells Gardner 6100 deflection boards go down so often? After running four vectors at our arcade all day for 10 plus hours for over three years, we noticed that every time the boards go out, the transistors go bad and then take out the other components in the deflection board. Our solution dramatically improves the heat dispensation by not only using more efficient transistors, but surrounding them around a massive heat sink with a fan blowing the heat away, these are bulletproof. And that's one of our favorite words. I like to fix stuff. You know, we talk about fix the game, play the game. I like to fix it and not have to repair it again. 
And uh, that's one of the things that I that caught my attention about this. I'm sure if you're looking at look at that massive uh, heat sink and fan and stuff. So um, if you have those and you had some trouble with these monitors, I think that this would be a good thing to pick up for your vector games. That uh, especially if you have one that's at a bar or a location where it is playing a lot, but even for your home use. Absolutely, Tim. This is this thing is incredible. I mean, and like you said, I mean, basically it keeps your deflection board from going bad. Um, you know, uh, and and like you said, they put that big heat sink on there, that big fan, and it was developed by some guys who own an arcade that they were having this problem where they were running these vector monitors all the time, and so now they put these in there and they've got them running. They run them, you know, ten hours a day for for three years, and they haven't had any problems. Correct. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Especially if you had those games on location, you know that how tough that is. Exactly. So um, it's called the Atari XY Vector Monitor Transistor Upgrade Kit, and you can get it from allen-1.com. And we have a link down below so you guys can get it. But if you have a Weldsgar 6100, buy it. It'll make sure, you know, like Tim mentioned, our favorite, our favorite word is bulletproof. And so whatever we can do to bulletproof games to keep them from going down, we do. And if you have a Weldsgar 6100, this will help. So uh, definitely pick one up. They're kind of pricey, Tim. Uh, I forget what they're running, but um, I think, you know, it's worth it, especially if you've got one on location, but even for home use, uh, just to ensure your game is working for a long time to come. Okay. Um, we got a couple of questions here, Tim, before we move on. Uh, Razor Show says, are you guys going to get together for future shows or are always doing the Zoom type from here on out? Hopefully, I'm hoping by mid-year, Tim, we can get back to normal. Yeah, I think so. After the vaccine, uh... after you get vaccinated and I get vaccinated then I'm all about getting back to it. So, Yeah, I think so. As we, uh, It's definitely uh, different doing it this way. We definitely would prefer uh, to be hanging out together and doing it right there. So we'll get back there. Absolutely. Uh, Chris says, thank you for helping my GO7 sync issue. I will troubleshoot using your advice, Tim. So, yeah, Chris, let us know. And then uh, I can also pass along any other questions you may have to Michael if there are specific questions. Michael's very familiar with GO7s, and uh, he can help you out as well if we can't answer it. So, uh, Greg said he ordered the Atari XY Vector Monitor Transistor Upgrade Kit just yesterday. So, right. And they're building a new deflection board as well, the Allen, uh, Allen-1 people, which is awesome. Uh, anything to keep these games running, guys. You know how it is. So um, anytime we can, we can bulletproof things, it's great. Danny says, uh, free blizzards all around. Tim, you buying? <laughs> yeah, I'm buying. Come on down. <laughs> I guarantee if you come through, I'll, I'll buy your blizzards. There you go. And uh, YouTube Punk said free blizzards too. So there you go. We got a lot of free, free blizzard requests, Tim. Yeah. Well, you know, and they keep coming out with a new crazy flavor. So uh, last one was pretty good. Red velvet cake. That was I saw the red velvet one. cake. Is it good? That was the favorite one. It didn't last, It lasted about three weeks of the four that it could have ran. Oh, so we ran out. Ran out. Well, so. hopefully it'll bring it back then. Seems like it was popular. I, I'm just a classic like chocolate chip cookie dough or a mint chocolate chip guy. Yeah. I mean, those are the blizzards I like. Oreo, of course, is always good. Yeah, man. Well, we should have a trivia question. Maybe we'll do it after show. What Tim started at... Uh, Dairy Queen the year the Blizzard came out in 1985 but we only had about six flavors so you have to guess those six flavors sometime we'll, maybe we'll get to it in the after show you can, we'll bring that back okay up. there you go so if you want to find out what the, the first slick six flavors of Blizzard were when Dairy Queen debuted them stay tuned for the after show I like the teaser already Tim 
<laughs> so there we go. Okay, Tim, let's move on to the discussion portion of the show. We got a couple of news items to discuss. And this first one, Tim, is um, kind of sad that uh, things are not just bad for American arcades, but they're horrible for Japanese arcades as well, Tim. So yeah. um, no doubt the pandemic is is bad for lots of businesses, but in Japan, it's especially awful for arcades because Japan is currently under a state of emergency due to COVID-19. Night spots have been ordered to close early. If they don't, they risk fines. And as AFP News reports, bars and restaurants get compensation from the government to replace lost earnings. Arcades, however, do not. Get that, Tim? Wow. So bars and restaurants get compensation in Japan, but arcades do not. The government that's is doing... Sad. Go ahead. Yeah, that's pretty sad. Why they got singled out. Exactly. Um, the government is doing nothing to help us out of this hopeless situation. Uh, and this is an arcade owner added. Our income has gone down by more than half. This is horrible. So, uh, Tim, it's not just uh, arcades here in the States, Tim. There's arcades in Japan all over the world that are suffering because of COVID-19. Tim, a lot of people don't know, uh, arcades in Japan are typically night spots. So people will go there, you know, like after dinner and they'll hang out with their buddies and then they'll go home, you know, like at 11, midnight, something like that. Uh, But since they're being ordered to shut down early, of course, you don't have that traffic. And so um, these arcades are trying to do everything they can to hang on. But again... They're closing down early, and they have no assistance from the government, which is pretty, pretty, pretty tough for them. So, um, you know, yeah. um, and I don't, I don't know what we can do to support them over here necessarily, but it's just a reminder to, uh, you know, if you are living in Japan or if you're living here in America, to support arcades when you can because they are all, they are all hurting from the pandemic for sure. So there you go. Uh, let's see what we got here. I'm checking the live chat. It looks like we're pretty much caught up. So let me continue on here, Tim. Now, this one got a lot of traction on our social media pages, Tim, and I thought it was pretty interesting myself. Uh, insanely rare Sega arcade cabinet found a bat abandoned in UK field. And this was from Forbes, Tim. Okay. And it was a Sega R360, the mad cutting edge gyroscope-like arcade cabinet that debuted in Japan in, in late 1990 before being unleashed across the world the following year has been spotted near the north coast of County Antrim, or Antrim exposed to the elements and in desperate need of attention. The legendary 30-year-old machine was found by Lee Peters who took a series of photos of the sorry-looking R360 which now sits on a farm somewhere north of Belfast. And Tim, you can see the one picture here. The article has several other pictures of it. Tim, they didn't make a whole lot of these. These are super rare and they were super expensive back in the day. pricey back in the day. Exactly. They were very pricey back in the day. Tim, Galloping Ghost won't Surprise you to find out has one of these, one, but right. they only they only run it every so often. So um, because it, it takes a lot of power to run them, so um, you can't go any day and play it. They have like R three sixty days that you specifically can go. But um, it's sad to see this. I, it looks like some of the people in that uh, in the Sega R three sixty group that found it are going to try to grab it and see if they can use the parts or or fix it. So it does look like it's sure. going to happen. I don't know. Transporting it has got to be difficult, but. Um, Hopefully this can be restored back to its former glory, or if not, it can be used as parts to restore another one back to its former glory. Right, Tim? I agree. There's got to be some some uh, parts on there that somebody can use. Absolutely. I mean, I want, hopefully at some point, Tim, we get a chance to visit Galloping Ghosts and we get to ride one of these things because I think it is the coolest looking thing ever. Um, I don't know which game that uh, they have for it because I, I know that um, Afterburner was one and there were a couple others. 
but I don't know which one Galloping Ghosts is currently running in theirs. So it'll be interesting to see, and uh, hopefully at some point we get to play one, right, Tim? Yeah, that'd be great. Absolutely. So, uh, Danny says, would it be okay to use hand sanitizer wipes on my arcade controller and buttons without damaging them? It should be, yes. If you've got quality artwork on there, arcade one up, I'm not sure. Right. <laughs> So, um, and hand sanitizer wipes are fine, uh, Tim. I mean, even Lysol wipes, I think, is what we would probably use. So, um, or hand sanitizer wipes. I mean, anything that's going to kill germs is really what you want at this point with the way that things are going. Uh, but as long as, Tim mentioned, as long as you've got good quality artwork, then you should be fine. Because um, there are times when artwork may rub off. But if it does, it's probably the cheaper stuff anyway, so... And hopefully you have plexiglass uh, protection on some of your control panels. And if not, you have good quality artwork. So, Yeah, hopefully. There you go. And then, Tim, this was our last one. And I thought we would not only just talk about this, but maybe talk about some of our memories of this place. Of course, Tim, we've all heard the news at this point. Fry's Electronics is shutting its doors for good. Yeah, sad. Yeah, day. so Fry's <laughs> Electronics... Electronics is permanently closing nationwide. If you've ever visited a Fry's any time in the past two years, or two, two, three years, none of this will come as a surprise. What used to be a paradise of gadgets, computers, components, video games, audio equipment, and appliances has turned into ghost warehouses filled with empty shelves. The company switched to a consignment model, only able to attract or suppliers willing to get paid for their goods after Fry's managed to sell them. Many suppliers weren't. And so, Tim, uh, at this point, it looks like Fry's is going to be gone. Just another another retailer, Tim, and it's so sad. Uh, I posted on the story that I have a lot of fond memories of us going to the arcade auction in Mesquite, Texas, and then going down the road to Dallas. It was about 20 minutes up the road to go to Fry's and uh, pick up parts, whether it was heat shrink or whether it was components or whatever the case may be. Fry's usually had it. Uh, just a sad time, Tim. Any uh, memories of Fry's for you? Yeah, I can remember the first time I ever went there. Uh, somebody had told us we could, we could, we needed some Molex connectors or something, and they said, "Well, Fry's will probably have it." And I'd never even heard of it. I think we had to get directions or whatever for GPS, you know, and stuff. And so we went there, and we're like, "Hey, you have any Molex connectors?" And they're like, "Yeah, aisle 15." And when they said aisle 15, it was like a whole aisle. It was like a Radio Shack on steroids. More. I mean, every kind of connector, every size. I mean, we were just like, I think we bought a shopping cart the first time we went there, solder, heat shrink, and they just had all kinds of stuff. And uh, just general, it's kind of like a Best Buy meets a Radio Shack, I guess you could say. Uh, they had, uh, we just had a ball just walking around the store. That's back when they had tons of movies and stuff in the store. Um, just you know, shows how things have changed a lot in, in a sad way. I don't, I don't know that, um, there is the, um, where's the place I went to in, in, uh, Houston, John, the game where the game, um, computer stuff. Did I tell you, not tell you about it. It's kind of like the new fries. I would say, I'll look I think up. like micro center to me, maybe. Okay. Yeah. I was about to say. Micro center. I actually found arc. They had an aisle full of arcade sixty and one parts, pretty much, where you could buy joysticks and buttons and stuff like that. I had not seen anything. T molding, that T molding there, stuff like that. I thought was pretty cool because 
You just don't see that anywhere else, you know. Absolutely. Micro Center, I mean, Micro Center doesn't carry as much as Fry's did to me. Because, I mean, like Micro Center, I don't think carries appliances like Fry's does, stuff that, like that. They carry a lot of computer components and other things. Yeah, what now? About half the size of a fries. Right. But fries was such a unique thing. It was just so overwhelming when you'd walk in. And they had demo units of all sorts of stuff in there, which was so cool. So you could play video games. And, and uh, they had different demo things that you could try out. Uh, Tim, you may not remember the last thing you bought from fries, but I do. I remember the last thing I bought from fries. Um, two years ago, we bought my wife's iPhone uh, 10R from fries. Or XR, okay. whatever it is. Um, and that was the last thing I bought. That was two years ago in January. Uh, so, and I know because we just bought our, uh, uh, an iPhone 12. We just upgraded it. Oh. But um, yeah, that was the last thing I bought from Fry's. And Tim, when we were there, it was already starting to look pretty empty. Yeah, it was like that the last time I was there. Yeah, so they had already, uh, a lot of the stuff that they used to have, They had, I mean, there were already a ton of empty aisles and things. It was really... Really sad, and um, Tim, I, I just hate seeing these retailers going under, and it really breaks my heart. I, Fry's, I think, may have been able to weather the storm, if not for the pandemic. I think that that really killed them. So. Yeah, I think so. But, uh, guys, if you're in the live chat and you have any memories of Fry's, go ahead and chime in for us and let us know. We'd love to hear your memories of Fry's. Tim, of course, the one here that we would go to was um, Western-themed. So it had a whole bunch uh -huh. of cattle at the top. And Tim, I remember before it was Fry's when it was Incredible Universe owned by the Tandy Corporation that also owned Radio Shack. So oh, wow. so um, I remember going to it one time and it was the cool, it had like neon lights everywhere. It was cool. And then of course Fry's took it over. They did the Western theme. The one that I show there in the slide, I think it's from California, had more of an Aztec theme. But each one, a lot of them had different theming, which was kind of cool too. Yeah. So, but uh, any memories of fries, we'd love to hear yours uh, in the live chat for sure. Tim, is there anything else before we uh, begin to wrap up the um, the regular portion of the live show? No, I can't think of anything. I just appreciate everybody watching, but stick around. We'll have more live show coming up. I mean, we'll have after show coming right, up. Right, and what are we going to find out in the after show? We're going to find out what six flavors uh, I first made when blizzards first come out at Dairy Queen, what six flavors were the staple flavors? You know, now we have like a hundred. <laughs> then it was only six that I can think there of. There you go. So um, we'll find that out in the after show, guys. We'll also be talking TVs, movies, um, sports, all sorts of other things. Just general topics, investments. Uh, Tim's been making some money. He can tell you about that. And uh, all that kind of stuff. So um, if you want to stay tuned for some non-arcade related topics, wait if you're watching this right now and just wait about five or ten minutes and we'll be back with the after show. Of course, if you're, if you're listening to this on the podcast feed, you can just uh, tune in on YouTube and, and listen and watch it that way because um, the podcast feed only has the audio for the main show, Tim. So that's something to keep in mind. So let's go ahead and wrap it up real quick, Tim. Um, we do want to remind everybody that we do want your arcade related videos. If you want some free advertising for your YouTube channel, we're looking for people to submit short videos, 10 minutes or less, about arcade-related topics. Send the link of your video to questions at arcaderepairtips.com and our staff will review it. If we like it, we'll use it during one of our live show episodes. Make sure to put a plug in for your channel so people will know where to find you. We look forward to seeing your submissions. And Tim, I'm also going to remind people that I am looking for people to interview for the interviews podcast. So if you would like to be a subject to be interviewed on the interviews podcast and you're an arcade operator, an arcade technician, uh, you have an arcade-related YouTube channel or something like that, and you'd like to be interviewed, uh, please contact me at jonathan at arcaderepairtips.com, and I'll get you on the schedule. 
Um, and Tim, I have a lot of people that I can reach out to, of course, for that. But, you know, I want to, if you guys are interested in being interviewed and you've got some arcade related stuff that you do, um, I'd love to interview you guys for sure. Cause a lot of you guys, um, we see your names in the live chat, but we don't know you so well, right, Tim? Right. So let's let's get to know you a little bit more. Send me an email, Jonathan at ArcadeRepairTips.com, and maybe we'll choose you to be an interview subject on the new interviews podcast. Uh, Tim, let's go ahead and talk about all of our contact information. We have our general email address at ArcadeRepairTips.com. Arcade, questions at ArcadeRepairTips.com, excuse me. Questions at ArcadeRepairTips.com. Make sure you put live show in the subject to get it mentioned on the show. Again, that's questions at, li- at ArcadeRepairTips.com. And then we have our YouTube page. Of course, if you're watching this live or you're watching this after the fact, you probably already know where it is. But if you don't, it's at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. And we try to cover comments from the last live show on the next episode. So you guys can uh, can uh, leave your comments here and we'll try to get those in on the next show. But that's youtube.arcaderepairtips.com to visit our YouTube page. And of course, we have our podcast email. That's podcast at arcaderepairtips.com. And that goes to Eric and Rusty. And Tim, I haven't talked to them in a while. I probably need to reach out because I know they've been busy trying to get uh, things moving along at the Game Preserve with all of the pandemic stuff going on. But um, hopefully they'll be back to doing podcasts at some point. But if you want to email them directly and tell them that you miss them, email them at podcast at arcaderepairtips.com. And Tim, our podcast feeds um, on iTunes and Stitcher also include the audio from this show as well as the interviews podcast. So if you guys want to hear the interviews podcast, you want to hear the audio from the live show, and you want to hear the question and answer podcast, make sure you go to our iTunes page at itunes.arcaderepairtips.com, itunes.arcaderepairtips.com. You can also go to stitcher.arcaderepairtips.com if you use the Stitcher app. Tim, we're on Spotify. You go to spotify.arcaderepairtips.com. We're on Verbal. We're on iHeartRadio. We're wherever fine podcasts are aggregated, Tim. You can find us there by searching Arcade Repair Tips. Or more than likely, we will be there. So if you guys want to listen, uh, make sure you go to your favorite podcast platform and search for Arcade Repair Tips. And then, Tim, we have our social media pages. We have our Facebook page at Arcade at facebook.arcaderepairtips.com facebook.arcaderepairtips.com and we have our twitter feed at twitter.arcaderepairtips.com tim uh things get cross posted from our facebook page to our twitter feed so you can subscribe to one or the other or both and you'll get the same news either way and we want to thank mark for supporting us uh by posting a lot of stuff there of course uh louis tim used to do a lot of posts but now that you know louis has passed um it's mainly me and mark and you sometimes so um, we're trying our best to fill the gap and keep the news uh, feeds running for you guys. So if you want to subscribe, facebook.arcaderepairtips.com or twitter.arcaderepairtips.com as well. Tim, I'm going to say something about Mark. Mark got a new cabinet. He got a Vulix cabinet. And yeah, we got yeah. some pictures and some video of it. I'm just going to I'm gonna let him. Uh, I don't have any of that to show you. I mean, I could download it, but I'll, I'll let him. If he wants to chime in about it at some point or maybe in the comment section if he wants to talk about it. But uh, Tim, from the videos and the pictures that he posted, it looks really cool. So congratulations to Mark for his new Vulix cabinet. Maybe we'll get lucky and he'll post some of that on the Facebook page so you guys can see it. But uh, Tim... Uh, for those who are not uh, knowledgeable about the Bulix cabinets, they are very finely produced LCD cabinets that are uh, great controls, great cabinet builds, um, just um, top of the line as far as as far as arcade cabinets go. So we want to congratulate Mark for his recent pickup, and hopefully we'll get to see some videos or pictures on the Facebook feed soon. Uh, Tim, I think that about wraps it up. I'm going to check the live chat one uh, a couple more times. The Real Hammer Billy Lee says Galloping Ghost has G-Lock Air Battle in their R360, Tim. So no afterburner there. You're going to be playing G-Lock oh. there. 
Um, YouTube Punk says the R360 is his grail. Man, you better... I hope you have a big house. Golly, that is a gigantic uh, machine to keep in, in your home. So... Uh, Greg mm-hmm. says one of the execs of Fry's embezzled eighty million in gambling, which started its decline. Wow. So I did not realize that. That's news to me as well, Tim. Uh, let's see. Um, Danny says, "Oh, oh, um, YouTube Punk says uh, Vulix is rock." Yes, they do. If you have not, if you're not familiar with them, uh, go just do a YouTube uh, search or a uh, Google search for Vulix, and you'll see what we mean. It is a top of the line cabinet. Uh, highly desirable, very, uh, very, very well uh, built. Controls are top of the line. Great stuff, guys. Um, and so I want to congratulate Mark again for picking it up. It's beautiful. So, okay, Tim. Well, that about wraps it up for the regular show. Uh, do you have anything you want to uh, say before we move into the after show? Anything else that you want to tease? I already teased a little bit. We got Blizzard flavors. We got movies and music. Um, Tim, have you been watching WandaVision? Okay, yeah. so we'll talk about WandaVision. Tim, yeah, we'll talk about. Yeah, finale's tomorrow night. Uh, Tim, have you been watching? Tim, I know you watched. um, Oh, uh, uh, Finding Big Country, right? Yeah, Finding Big Country is a great little documentaries, right? So we'll talk about we'll talk about that. Um, We'll talk about in and of itself on Hulu, and how me and Tim disagree greatly with how we interpreted that. So uh, that'll be really (laughs) fun to talk about. Um, if you, if you're not in and of itself, if you're not familiar with that on Hulu, um, make sure you skip that part. We'll give a spoiler alert. That'll be the last thing we talk about because, uh, you should experience it without, without knowing anything going in, in my opinion, you should know nothing about it before you go in. It's better that way. So, yeah. uh, but we will talk about it in and of itself with a spoiler alert the, at the beginning. So you guys, uh, won't, won't know anything about it if you haven't seen it yet. So, but I think that's all the teasing for the after show. Stay tuned. It'll be about 10 minutes after the regular show if you're watching this live. Or if you're listening to this on the podcast feed, you can, of course, go to the YouTube page and watch it there. Tim, anything else you want to say? Uh, thank you guys, for again, for the birthday wishes. And we look forward to a better year and hope that your uh, family is staying safe and that uh, the COVID does go away soon and the, the vaccinations and everything work. And our prayers are with you and your family. Hope that you're healthy and that you fix the game and play the game and uh, that we have many more stories to tell. Absolutely, Tim. And uh, thank you guys for watching this evening. Thanks for joining us for the live show. And like Tim already said, but we'll say it one more time. Remember, here at Arcade Repair Tips, when we fix the game, you play the game. Take care, everybody. We'll see you in the after show. We'll see you next month for our regular live show. Until then, take care, be safe, and have a happy March. Thank you for watching this episode of the Arcade Repair Tips live show. All of our past episodes are available on our website at ArcadeRepairTips.com or on our YouTube page. This show is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please consult a professional before attempting to repair any coin-operated machines yourself. The preceding program is a Varcade Entertainment production.